This week, we are having a little bit of a story time. So I shared a big truth on my Instagram this week, and it was that I used to hate my salon. And frankly, that's not a great feeling. And I know that so many of us have been there. So I'm going to share the story of how that all came to be and how I flipped that around because now I literally could cry every time I leave my salon just because I love it so much. What's up and welcome to the 10 Minute Beauty Business Podcast. I'm Lexi Lomax, beauty business coach, salon owner of over a decade and stylist too. Each episode, I will bring on guests and topics you can relate to, no matter what stage you are in your beauty business, independent, commission, salon owner, or dreaming somewhere in between. 10 Minute Beauty Business is here to serve you. Now let's get to it. Yes, you heard me right. I said I used to hate my salon and I actually I shared a reel and that was the headline of it this week on my Instagram or last week, depending on when you're listening to this. And it was like, oh, you know, like when I wrote that, I thought that's awful. Like that is just so terrible. But the response I got was really huge and showed me that so many of us have either felt like that in the past or currently feel like that. And ultimately for me, when I was reflecting and and putting the the verbiage on top of that reel, you know, like we put words on top of the audio. I was thinking like, man, this is crazy. Like I would never say this now. And that's all comes down to a couple of things and we're going to dive into it today, but a mindset shift for me, absolutely. Figuring out what the actual heck I wanted for a business. The third thing was undoing some of the bad things that I thought were the right things to do because it just seemed like business. And lastly, putting some systems in place and figuring out how to do this in a way that was easy. Because guess what? Owning a salon is not easy. And owning a big salon is not easy. And, you know, I've been doing it for over 15 years now with so many people. And I've just been really reflecting lately as I I'm in the the mode of, you know, just a lot of life change and and all good stuff. So anyhow, the first thing that I want to share with you is when did I realize this? So I knew I hated it in the moment. I knew I hated so much about being there. I honestly sometimes hated the people I worked with. And hate is such a strong word, but I really disliked them. And even still, like I have almost like PTSD about some of the people that I worked with. And it was because I didn't have boundaries. I didn't have systems in place. And All of that wouldn't have been possible unless I first figured out what I was doing there. What did I even want for my own life? And yes, some of that could could be chalked up to youth, but I see it over and over and over again across the country with so many salon owners and stylists that I just think it's a human problem. Like nobody asks you, what do you want? right? What is it that you want and why are you doing this? And so the other day when Josh and I were leaving the salon, it was a Sunday and salon was closed and we were there. Josh was doing some stuff up in my new office that is almost ready to accept you for some in-person VIP days, depending on COVID and you know what the world does, but it's going to be real cute whenever you can come visit. So Josh was doing furniture installation, things like that upstairs. And I was filming some some video and some promo for Salon Quarterly. And I learned something there too as well. But we'll share that. That's a whole other podcast about video editing and recording. But when we left, I closed up the salon and I always, I feel like I talk to my salon and you guys are probably like, Lexi is officially off the deep end. But I leave and I, I literally like think notes of gratitude to to the salon. It's a person like she's she's got feelings, right? And, and that goes against everything I tell you about your business not having feelings. But I say good night little salon and and silly things like that and and that just is my personality like I will 
do that a lot of times. Silly, wacky, like old lady stuff. But I just felt like, you know, and Josh was in the car and because he doesn't know how to lock up and do the alarm and all of that. And so I just, I was doing that and I got in the car and as we were pulling away, I just thought, oh man, remember how much I used to hate this place? And Josh looked at me and was like, well, kind of. But like he didn't really know because he didn't know the daily struggle and he didn't know what that felt like. And I don't know even know where we were in our relationship at that point. I probably have to think about that. But regardless, I left and I thought, what a difference. What a dang difference. So how did I end up there? Well, I ended up hating my salon primarily because it was a money pit and that never sits well with me. Like I'm not interested in having financial issues. I believe in abundance. And even when your mindset is almost foolproof and, you know, I mean, you can manifest, this didn't exist 15 years ago, at least not in my world, but you can manifest all you want unless you do something. It just like, that's not, that's not going to work. So I could, I could have had the best attitude in the whole wide world and manifest and manifest and manifest like money falling out of the sky into my pockets. And it wasn't going to happen back then because we were in the recession. And also like, you still have to take action, right? Like you can't be a bump on a log and expect that you're manifesting everything to come to reality. And I have this kind of, this is a total side note. You guys know me. You're welcome to the 10 minute beauty business podcast that I think that we need to have this real harsh conversation with ourselves that like you can manifest and and do all of those things and I want you to because it's amazing to dream and to to have a positive mindset and an attitude of abundance and to not have any amount of lack or scarcity when you think about your business but you still got to do some work it doesn't just happen right you could pray all day long and i it's just not you ha- you have to take action right and then that action begets action so that's a whole other conversation but i just want to mention that so anyways it was i opened my salon in 2007 in 2008 the economy took a big dive and we were in the middle of a recession big time and my whole plans were shattered because here i am graduating college in 2008 by the way my plan was to open the salon in 2007, which I did. I opened the salon my junior year of college at UCSD and I was owning a rental salon, which is easy, right? Because you're just a landlord. (laughs) I roll, you can hear. And so then I'm like going to graduate college in 2008 and I'm going to get my teaching credential. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to have security, stability, all the things that no one in my family (laughs) ever had or, you know, that's not how, everybody's an entrepreneur. And so, but I'm like, no, I'm doing that because I want different Like I want to be an entrepreneur, but I also want the stability and I want to be a teacher and I don't want to be a teacher, you guys. I didn't really want to be a teacher then either, but I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And I thought I'd do it for a couple years and then see what happened with the salon and and make it all work, right? And my best friend was being a teacher and we'd kind of been on the same path and it felt right. Well, yeah, no, um, like... 2008 was was a real, real bummer and a real wake-up call. Like everybody that graduated from college in 2008 basically is an entrepreneur now <laughs> because there were no jobs. There were zero jobs and I was panicked and I thought, okay, well, I need to be at the salon. Like I can't pay a receptionist because things have tanked a little bit. And even though like I made so much money that first year, like stupid, I wish I had all that money and I spent it all, by the way, I didn't understand. And I didn't really really understand business either. I was 21, I guess, that year. And um, yeah, I must have been maybe 22. And even though I had grown up coloring at the end of the boardroom table and had done all of those things, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was not a hairdresser and I was not a beauty professional. I owned a building and I rented time and space to other beauty professionals. 
with a question mark sometimes around professional. And granted, some of them were amazing. Some of them. And some of them were absolutely freaking awful. So I didn't know. I was just doing my best. So the teacher thing went out the window because I realized like, okay, you got to go make this work and you've committed to this bank and you've signed on the dotted line and now there's no money. And by the way, my, my parents who were always and still are the ultimate supporters of everything were in their own bit of a mess being developers. And they had all this stuff in the ground um, that the bank was going to call the note on. And it was like, how do you sell it? And and so I knew that my safety net was a, was stretched a little bit thin. Um, looking back, I didn't realize how thin because now I really see things clearly with hindsight, right? But I was like, okay, I know, I know I need to to move forward on this and I need to take care of it. And that was really the first defining moment for me where I was like, yeah, there's no way that I'm going to be a teacher and have another job. Like not right now, maybe one day, but this is where I got to hunker down and really make this work. So I, I did my best and we got through it. It wasn't pretty. I owed a ton of money in back property taxes because I literally couldn't pay them. It was awful. I and the girls that I had working for me, like thankfully they came and they paid their rent, but like, oh, I was, it was bad. And and I had a mortgage, not just rent with a landlord. Like I bought the building, which is the biggest blessing of my life now. It's the biggest blessing of my life then. It taught me so much. But I remember being like, wah, wah, baby, just wanting to kick my feet and like not pay the mortgage and just be like, F it and what how bad how bad would it be? I'm young, right? They could just have this mofo back. <laughs> like those are the things that I'm like, it's not monopoly. The bank comes and takes it away and it would be bad. But I was at a point where I knew it would be bad and I was like, it's fine. Except at that point, my parents were still on my loan. And that was not an option because my parents were the only reason I got the loan, right? And they co-signed on it. It was such a mess. And I was this, I was so conflicted and I wasn't going to be like, you know, some people might've said, well, F it, you know, my family could pay for it. They figured out whatever, but that's not the deal I made. And so I figured it out and we paid the mortgage, but I couldn't pay the property taxes sometimes. And oh my gosh, I remember going to the property tax office with my mom and my mom being like, you're going to figure this out and you're going to clean up this mess. And I knew I would, and we had to get it on a payment plan. And oh my Lordy, Lordy, Michael Jordy, it was a mess and it was hard. And I had to hustle and figure out how to make more money. And I had to do all these things. And meanwhile, I still don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm still figuring it out as a new entrepreneur. And can I tell you, like, even back then, people would be like, Lexi, what are you doing? Can you help me with my business? And I was like, I, I, what? This is a disaster. But the things, there were some things that I was doing that really did work. And they worked for clients and they worked to sell retail and they worked to build relationships in the salon and 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 stylists were coming in with kind of honestly terrible businesses. I didn't know who my ideal renter was, right? My ideal renter was anyone that could pay. By the way, that's the worst description of an ideal renter ever. But in the moment when you're desperate, you'll take it. And I was able to help those women, even the ones that I really, really despised that made my life a living hell for sometimes. And that was me allowing that also. Let me just be really, really honest about that. And being young and being taken advantage of and not really understanding boundaries. And, you know, I mean, look, it's real. It's life. It's fine. And I'm so grateful for those experiences and for those people, although I don't want them in my life at all now, and they would never be. But I just am so grateful for those experiences because it shaped me into the business owner, into probably the human that I am today because I have real firm boundaries. And I see those people come in from a mile away, especially when I'm working 
working with you, you know, in your business and whether we're coaching, you know, in salon quarterly or in the mastermind or even just in the DMs, I'm like, fire her. I'm so cutthroat. It's so funny. Anyone who's been through the mastermind is like, oh, Lexi's just, I know what she's going to tell me. And I'm like, yeah, because you should trust your gut. You don't need to have people like that around you. You don't. You don't, you don't, you don't need it. And so anyhow, I'm I'm figuring it out. I'm having systems that are working, but I still don't really know what I want. And so I had to craft this this whole system and I had to figure out like, well, what are my core values? And, and they were changing pretty frequently, I'm not gonna lie. And I was letting a lot of people drive the boat. I was letting whoever was the, the biggest diva or the biggest producer, I guess, in terms of services and retail and, you know, keeping the salon busy. I let them drive the boat sometimes. Not in, not like, hey, you make the decision, but my vision was clouded by the profitability. And let me tell you this, you probably know this, the biggest diva is usually the biggest producer. So you're kind of like, your hands are tied because you want them, you want to make that money, but also it's so much work. You earn every freaking dollar when you work with people like that. Like it's not worth it in my opinion, today. Because you can take somebody who is kind and smart and fits the mold and is the right attitude and has the the right vibe for, for your salon and you can teach them how to become the biggest producer, right? Like start with personality, first, first, first. But I didn't know what I was doing. Like I said, I was just doing my best, right? And that's all we're all doing until we figure it out, until we have the system to really give us clarity and and to move forward in that, right? And so anyways, fast forward a couple more years and things got sort of better. I was stepping into my systems and and I was figuring this all out and I I started to to use what now is the Salon Quarterly Journal. By the way, this has been the hardest secret for me to keep at all, ever in my life. Even harder than than telling you guys that I was pregnant. Like this Salon Quarterly Journal, I'm so excited about. You gotta go check it out on my Instagram if you haven't seen it. But anyways, the Salon Quarterly Journal is something that came out of this like, I needed to be scrappy and figure it out time of my life. And so I I started doing this like daily to-do list and I would I would put something I was grateful for and I I would start to to write down like all the things that needed to be done and especially the thing I didn't want to do. And and a lot of times it was having these hard conversations. Like you guys see that I make a lot of content and talk about no gossip in the salon. That's because I I lived through gossip hell with these three women that I'm thinking of. And if you're listening and you're one of them, I love you and thank you for the lessons, but yuck. Anyways, <laughs> there was so much freaking drama between these three women and their I just, you know, some people are just like that. And I had to learn how to say what the actual F is going on here. And like, this is unacceptable. And I I used to come home and tell my parents, like I would sit at the end of their bed, right? And I would tell them, I can't believe this BS. Like these are grown ass women. Oh, that's a whole other podcast, you guys. I have so much I could tell you about. But so this is all happening at the same time. Meanwhile, the salon looks successful. I think by now, probably we're getting our feet back together. I don't know what year it is. Don't mind me and my timeline. But, you know, probably another five years in, I'm still paying on the dang property taxes that were back, you know. The only good thing is that I never had credit card debt. Like the salon always could make enough money because we set the salon up intentionally to be profitable, to pay for the building, pay for itself, and and potentially pay me, right? That was the whole point. But then when things went south with the economy and the recession, it was different. But thankfully, we never had credit card debt. We never carried debt like those kind of things. The property tax was just really what defined me. I had personal debt because I was learning how to be an adult, but 
I figured that all out, like, thank the Lord. But all at the same time, because this was a really rude awakening for me. And then, so once I got the finances under control, now I'm dealing with basically an inferno of chaos at the salon. And by the way, I think at this point, I'm probably starting to get my license or I'm an apprentice and I'm going through apprenticeship school, graduated college, went to fashion school for who knows what reason, but I did. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to be a cosmetologist. So at this point, getting my license, getting everything worked out. And I'm, I'm just saying what in the whole wide world, you know, like, what do I do? Because I don't like it here. I still want the bank to take it back, even though now I'm paying the bills and I'm not drowning in the debt as like bad as I was, because they put you on a payment plan. And it turns out the assessor's office is a lot nicer than I thought they were. And, and, but I just don't like it. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't like being around these people. I, this energy is terrible. Like, ugh, I'm not making enough money to make me turn like a blind eye. Yeah, we have fun together. And I, I do have some amazing women that actually still work with me today that are from this time period. And we had fun at work and they made money and they were doing great. And it looked fantastic from the outside. But just like anything else, like unless you're in it, you don't know what that feels like. You don't know what that feels like. And so I'm still using my my makeshift long quarterly journal, my OG like piece of paper fold over. And, and things are going okay. Like it's starting to work out and, and things are going okay. And then, oh yeah, oh, well, here comes some more life. My dad died. And as much as, you know, I've talked about that on the podcast before, it just is such a defining moment for me as a business owner because now the safety net has big holes in it, right? Because it's just my mom and she's a mess. Hello, her husband died. And they're still figuring things out from getting through the recession, right? Like, I don't think it was over, over at this point. I don't know, whatever. He died in 2011. And the repercussions financially for them were still around. And my mom's trying to figure it out. And I'm like, okay, this is now my job. I've got to figure this out. We've got things to do. I have to figure out how to really make money. I have to really, I don't care if I don't like this. I'm going to learn how to like it. And I just had that scrappy, like, I'm going to get it done. And it, it, you know, a lot of times people ask me, like, Lexi, how do you do stuff? And it's like, you're superwoman or you, you know, like, wow, wow, I wish I had that tenacity or I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. And you know what? I'm not superwoman at all. I just super want it. I will not accept, if I could say the word, I would, I can't accept it. I can't even say the word. Mediocrity, right? Like, I know that it's, there's, it's, no, that's not for me. I just super want it. And that's why you can hear it in my voice, right? I'm getting all fired up. I'm like, I need some more deodorant here. But the thing is, is that I want that for you, right? Like now that I'm on the other side of it, that's how fired up and passionate I am as a coach because it's possible. And it's so much easier for you now, especially if you follow the system that worked for me, because we've already done it, right? Like we figured it out. And yeah, there's some personal hurdles that everybody has to go through and we've got, you know, business and, and mindset shifts in life. Like, look, like you're going to have your own defining moments if you haven't already. But the thing is that you've got to step into it and you have to want it for you, right? So like when people say that it's a compliment, yes, and I appreciate it. Um, and I receive those compliments. But also I'm like, oh man, I want you to look at me and see a mirror that it's possible for you, right? I want you to use the same systems that I used and created and failed so many times, failed forward, like figuring them out. I just want you to take the playbook and run, right? Like run all the way to the finish line or the touchdown point. I'm not sure which one has a playbook. <laughs> uh, but that, like, that's the whole thing. It's possible for you. I want you to see that, that I'm a mirror for you of what's possible. And so 
okay, my dad dies. Now things really are in in the the worst spot and, and at least emotionally. And I've got to show up for these women that now, you know, some of the really awful ones are gone and because I've decided that that just doesn't work. And we've come to a point where like I'm not chasing the dollar as much and I'm recognizing that that when you don't chase the dollar, there's power in that and you can be stronger via that. And even though it sucks for a minute and like you feel like you're gonna, you can't breathe and there's not enough money, it comes, right? And you do the right things and it starts to show up and you don't, dig up the seeds that you've planted and and you you just let things kind of like work out for a little bit and it starts to to work out right and you start to to grow and now I'm I'm a stylist behind the chair and I'm still learning though I'm like not a good stylist probably and I'm figuring it out cuz I got hmm timeline again is I should have wrote this down for you sorry uh but I got my license I started the apprenticeship program when my dad was still alive because he never believed that I would actually want to cut hair and touch people and he just like couldn't wrap his head around that which <laughs> is really funny and then when I finally got my license so somewhere in that 2 year period because I did a state apprenticeship with the state of California he had passed away so anyways I'm moving through all of that and now I'm trying to decipher like what does that look like? What are my core values? What won't I tolerate? And what are some goals that I need to set? And what are some things that I need to figure out? And and I just started to really think about like, life is short. Life is a gift. Nothing like your parent dying to to tell you that. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And no, I'm not taking that BS anymore. And no, I'm not doing that. And so there was a radical shift there. And I'm not sure if anyone else noticed it, but for me, it was huge. And my business started changing and I started living and dying by my, what now is our salon quarterly journal and the system behind it in that you just work through 90 day chunks. Like I can't tell you what the heck is going to happen in six months. I really don't know. I can't tell you what's going to happen in 12 months. I really don't know. And the reason that I, (laughs) this is so crazy. The reason I'm just realizing this now, like in real time with you, the reason that I worked in like month to month to month in 90 day chunks is because I just felt like the world had been ripped out from underneath me. And that was all I could manage. Crazy. But 90 days is a proven period of success, a time period that, that proves success. Things get done. Consistency can happen in those 90 days and cha- and real ch- lasting change happens too. So fast forward a little bit more. I'm now using the system. I'm working in 90 day chunks. I'm making things happen. I'm like so over people and I'm, I have firm boundaries and I'm moving them forward. And the salon is starting to make money in a good way. Like we did those first years, but now it's with intention. I'm putting strategy behind it. I'm, I'm exercising what works, you know, and I'm, I'm again, like letting it work because I've now seen that when you, just have faith and and believe in your hard work. And if you believe in the purpose and you know who you're speaking to, and I've, I've learned some stuff and I did all kinds of personal development and, and I really was, you know, I probably was like searching for some answers, of course, after my dad died, but, but I was doing a lot of work. Like, how can I be a better business person? And I was looking at, you know, all of the businesses that my parents had at, and, and kind of like disassembling them, frankly, to either sell them or get rid of them or, how can we get something out of this? I mean, my parents had multiple, multiple businesses and talk about multi-passionate entrepreneur as ADD. I think that was my dad, um, <laughs> you know, so I learned from the best. But it's it's a matter of, I just, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing things. And I'm going, that worked. Okay, that worked. That didn't work. That was good. And this is a nightmare. And so I'm taking those principles that I've seen my entire life, but now I'm disassembling them because we got to get rid of them. We can't do it without him. And 
And so, okay, and that that was a couple of year process. Like we lived, oh, I don't even remember. It was, I think like three or four years that it took to like truly close everything out because some things had contracts and, you know, business is is different. And, and my parents had big business. And so we, you know, international business and the wine business, the construction business, like so many different aspects and people and partnerships. And so it took a long time. So I'm seeing all of that at the same time. I'm really leaning into this. I've, and now I'm like, oh, I know what my core values are at the salon. I'm going for it. And we establish those core values and, and I'm, I'm challenged on them sometimes, you know, and I'm, I get pushed back and I say no, and I stand firm in my ground. And, and sometimes I didn't. And I let others drive the boat still because you know what? I'm a human and I'm not perfect, okay? Uh, and so I'm learning still. And and even today, I'm still learning, Look, gosh. But I began having an assistant program and I thought, okay, well, how can I get the ideal renter if I'm gonna get these women that, like, I, w- I wanna mold people. I wanna help people grow and I wanna find those personalities first and then train them, right? And so, so I do. And and it's successful. And shout out to Carly. Love you forever. Um and every day because she stands right behind me still, I think like maybe seven years later. So she was my very first assistant and and I wobbled through that process like so hard. Now I'm like, I could make you a fantastic stylist like in three months, but it took us a year. And and so, and book and get you booked out. That's my big thing is I want you to be a full-time renter within one year. Um, And we do, right? And now I've got that mapped out. And, and so the things have come forward, right? But it's all based on these systems. It's all based on the trial and error that I had to go through in order to create what works. And it's very foundational and it's very, it's very cut and dry to be honest. But through all of that, the thing that I love the most is a strategy. It's the game. It's the game of how do we make this work? But you, how do we, the big like asterisk here is how do we make this work so that I love my life? Because there were so many things along the, the last 15, 16 years journey that it worked, but I hated it. So when I say like, I hated my salon, I didn't hate the salon. That's horrible, horrible, horrible. What I hated is how I felt and how the salon owned me because I didn't have systems in place. I didn't have the right thing in place. Yes, at some points, the salon made so much money and it was fantastic and I still hated it. So it wasn't about the money. It never is, right? Like like Biggie says, more money, more problems. And and well, nah, I, I'll take the more money and I'll figure it out on the way. I'll take the problems too. But the thing is, is you want it to feel good. Like it's it, that's the whole Dream 10 philosophy. That's the whole thing that everything that I do, and you guys know, because you're podcast people, you hear it all the time. It's gotta feel good. It can't just look good. And, and even... Even still, because I've just told you, it looked good, but it felt terrible, right? Like other people were asking me for help in those early days and I was giving them help, but I wanted to like just crawl into a hole. And so while all of this is going on and I'm growing and learning and growing and learning and testing the system, and then we get to a spot where I'm not even kidding, it was like the best it's ever been, making great profits. Everybody in the salon is happy. I'm happy in my life. I'm happy in the way my business life is reflected in my personal life. I mean, Josh and I have gone on multiple vacations and and the salon's been fine. I've taken a bunch of time off. We've done all this fun stuff. We're really starting to hit a stride. Our We've built our home. We've, you know, like things are fantastic. <laughs> Hello 2020, right? And and so that's okay because honestly my salon is better today than it was in in 2019 and and in the beginning of 2020. And that's because I implemented the same systems. I went hard. I doubled down on everything that I had that that I had learned and that I had created 
And we got to where we are today, which frankly is when I leave the salon and I just want to cry out of gratitude. It's so fantastic. And and it's all, all based on systems and strategy. And really, ultimately, all of that is built around my dream 10, which is the philosophy that that makes it feel good in the process of getting to success based on your terms. And so I just wanted to share that story with you because, I mean, that's like a long story, <laughs> but and bits and pieces, and I know there's parts I forgot, but I just want to share that with you because as I embark on this next, you know, defining moment, I'm pretty sure, right? Having a baby is a pretty big deal. And as a business owner, someone who loves her business, right? This is going to be a big deal. And, and you know what? It's going to be fine because I have system. I have Salon Quarterly to back me up. I have done for you things that are mapped out that my staff can manage while I'm out. Like this is all, I know what's going to happen. I feel super concrete in feeling that this will be a success. Like it's going to be a success no matter how how it turns out because I'm going to implement what I know works. And and that's ultimately why I wanted to share this with you because if you've ever felt like, oh my gosh, I hate my business. I want out of this. And I know so many hairdressers and so many salon owners, you know, it's like, why do you take the risk? Well, if you're not rewarded for it, sometimes we don't know, right? Sometimes we really don't know. And so I encourage you to take a hard look at what's important to you and get back to your priorities and figure out how you do that, right? If you've never looked at you know, who is your target renter? Who is your target employee? You know, commission stylist. Who is your target suite mate? Like if you've never thought about those things, like this is a really good time to do that. If you've never really thought about like, what are my core values as a business? Because maybe you feel like I'm I'm a one-man show and I, well, I don't need core values. Well, it'll help you with a whole lot of stuff. But number one, it helps define what's important to you as a brand. And then ultimately it helps you on so many other levels, even down to the tiniest thing of like what you post on social media. But the thing about it is, is that you've got to get that stuff straight. You've got to get your foundations intact and, and you really need to have a plan, right? You need to know what's important and what the next thing is for your beauty business so that you can continue to build so that you have the life by your design. And that's the whole point on, on why I ultimately created Salon Quarterly and combined it with the Dream 10 Mastermind. So if you have not checked that out yet, this is the last week, if you're listening live, of enrollment for quarter one of 2022. I encourage you, please check it out. Give yourself a fighting chance. Give yourself a chance. Like, you need a plan. Don't let your business happen to you. I did that for far too many years, and it sucked. It was frankly terrible. I just told you how terrible it was. And and now, I, I mean, I would never say that about my business now. I love my business. My business is fantastic. Even when we have hiccups and things that don't go right, like it just, it's nothing. It's a blip on the radar because I still feel totally content, satisfied, and indebted to my business, in fact. Like I, it's, it's not just about like, what do I get out of my business? It's like, what does my business do for me? What does it do for me emotionally, right? There's so much of that that we just don't look at because we don't have time because you're freaking trying to figure out your inventory and like what's going on with the girl upstairs or is the sink, do you have to call a plumber? Like, oh, uh, like the suck, the stuff, <laughs> the stuff, oh my goodness, that sucks being a salon owner. Like, yes, but you shouldn't have to worry about that. That should be systematized and simplified so that you can worry about your next price increase and how you're going to be profitable in 2022. And let's get you a, a solid retail foundation. Let's figure out your hero products and set you up with a strategy to sell retail. How about a new service? We need to change things around because maybe you have a life event coming up that's gonna be big and make a change in your life. Like these are the things we need to plan for in our beauty business. And, and we can absolutely do that 
with intention once we get through all of this this stuff. And that's what we do inside of Salon Quarterly. That's why you get the Dream 10 Mastermind Library when you join Salon Quarterly because it's a full, well-rounded program. And and that's why I'm giving you done-for-you content. That's why, I mean, you're getting so much, plus 12 months of coaching with me. Hello, I can't wait to hang out with you. This is gonna be so fun. And that's where we get to strategize. And so I just hope that you feel good in your beauty business today. I hope that that if you don't feel good, you're willing to make a change and to address it. Because if you hate your beauty business, even like the tiniest little like, I hate this one part of it, that's a sign you need to work on it. Because your beauty business is the vehicle that will get you to the dream life. That's your beauty business. It, you don't need to do anything else. You don't need a hobby. You don't need a side hustle. You don't need another job. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to sell some MLM junk. Like, no, none of that. Sorry. Uh, not sorry. But the thing is, is what you need to do is focus on the business at hand, right? Like, oh my gosh, yesterday I was thinking, what if I saw this thing for a fundraiser for a school? And I thought, what if I could spend 15 minutes with those kids and give them a real strategy? That could really help those kids. You know, they could they could fundraise a lot more efficiently and have more success and do, I think it was, it was for some charity thing through a high school. I don't remember. But then I'm like, hello, what if hairdressers who already have a business. What if they just took 15 minutes and gave it to their business? Not to what their price increases, like not to that surface level stuff, like to, to real planning, right? Business planning is not crunching numbers in an Excel spreadsheet. Business planning is not making a vision board. Again, sorry, not sorry. Business planning is not making a list of goals. No, like that's all fun and games and like, yeah, you need to do some of that in the process. Business planning is so much more than that. Business planning is so, so, so much more of that. So anyways, I just am so happy to have shared the story with you today. I really am also so incredibly grateful to be sitting on the other side of that. And I hope that if you're in the, the messy middle of not loving your business, that you'll give yourself a shot to, to rewrite your story and to truly give your business some time because it can shine if, if we take the right action. All right, that's enough of me today. I hope that you remember good things take time while you listened to this episode because I'm 16 years in. That's a lot of years. It's like my salon could drive, you guys. So just remember, good things take time, but it doesn't have to take you as long as it took me. I promise you that. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I love creating them each week and connecting with you after you listen on Instagram. I really love it when you tag me and share the episode to your stories. It's twofold. It lets me know that you're podcast people so then I can go and do a little friendly stalk and, and drop a love bomb over on your page. And also it shares the show to your followers and your friends and fellow hairdressers, which I totally appreciate because this is a free show and it's difficult to grow the podcast without your help. So thank you much for that. I'll see you on stories and right back here next week.